0: Hey everybody, welcome to episode 52 of Making It. I'm Bob Claggett,
1: here with Jimmy DeResta. Wait, we're on 52? I thought 51. Yeah. No, No, that was last week. Oh wow, goes quick. Yes, hello everybody. And David Picciuto! <laughs> hey! What's going on?
2: I'm just hanging out.
1: Cool. You guys have a good Christmas? Chill week, really chill, yeah. I haven't done much. Just hanging out in the upstate crib, playing in my, my what I've been calling my machine shop now. That's been fun.
0: Relax. Making making snow angels?
1: No, well uh, today, whatever today is, today is the twenty ninth. Today it snowed, but previous to this, the last few days have been, you know, anywhere between seventy and forty degrees up here, which is totally unseasonable. Yeah.
2: Making snowmen out of mud. Yeah.
1: Mudmen. <laughs> my whole yard is like one big muddy mess. Like you gotta I don't like taking my shoes off to come into my own house, but I have to because there's no excuses for the mud tracks I'll leave. Mm. It's been crazy. But now and now everything's iced over for at least a few minutes. Yeah. David, you got snow?
0: No
2: snow. Uh, we, like like Jimmy, we had a very warm Christmas, and then a day later, maybe two days later, we had a, a small ice storm, but then it melted within a couple
0: hours. Mm. It's been in the 80s and 70s here.
1: Oh, yeah. Why don't you brag about it some? Eh.
0: No, well, it's not really... I mean, it's nice, I guess, but it's also
1: eh, just damp. Complain. Can't complain it's about like, it. Mm. <laughs>
0: Everything feels gross because it's, like, hot and damp here. And, you know, so, anyway.
1: complain some more. Would you say 80?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's real gross, Bob.
1: Real gross.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. But it's going to get cold next week. It's going to get down into the 60s. Oh, wow. I wish I could get
1: the 60s here. Yeah.
0: No, I'm not complaining. But it is unseasonable, you know. Yeah. Like you guys. But in a grosser way. I would rather it be, like you know, in a nice comfortable, but here it's, it's that comfortable temperature, but just really humid. And so any area like around our house that doesn't have direct sunlight just feels like you're like, it's going to mildew. Like the outside is going to mildew all of a sudden, Hmm. because it's just so damp. But
1: anyway, so, uh, spray some Lysol on it. You'll be all right. (laughs) Just the entire yard. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. comes in an thing. industrial can. Big one. The great big, things for grass. The big long ones. You know those long cans that you see sometimes in a public restroom? They're like 20-inch <laughs> long cans. Get one of those. <laughs> okay. I'll do that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you're not doing anything, or what are you working on? You said you're not doing anything, but you're working in your machine shop.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I actually I came up here with a couple of projects. I still have to do my core video, which uh, I'm going to have ready for Wednesday, I hope, next week, because I, I actually picked a somewhat, somewhat simple project. Um so I'm going to do that back in the city. But up here, I brainstormed up a project with a friend, and um, it's something that he actually would want. So I'm making a knife, and it's going to be a fun knife. Uh, I don't want to say exactly what it is for, because my friend wants to kind of do like a PR rollout, because it's going to be for him. and uh, it's. But it's a complicated knife that I did not design, but I am interpreting it, because as of now, it is only a drawing. It's not really a a real knife that ever existed anywhere in movies or TV. So it's just like a fantasy thing. It's kind of like, like what the Army channel does, how they, Oh yeah. People call in and say, Oh, make the knife from Zelda or whatever the, and so I'm kind of doing that. It's like my own version of like the army knife guy. And uh, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, it's challenging because it's the, the, I'm making the handle and the hilt right now. And I'm going to start working on the blade today after we talk, but the handle and the hilt is just like literally cut out of like two giant chunks of steel just, and then shaped, uh, in the way of of the image that that I'm inspired by but shaping it is is definitely been a learning experience I've tried a couple different things and what's funny is it always gets back down to the bandsaw i mean for me it's the easiest thing just go to the bandsaw and i but the metal i'm cutting is literally 2 inches thick so it's 2 inches oh. thick of solid steel and so it's really slow bandsaw cuts so i just put on music sit back put the camera on for a couple of minutes at a time, not literally filming all that because it's just too boring. And then I got the chance to use my milling machine, which is really cool, which I don't get a lot of practice with. And so, uh, I've been working with that. So that that's been a lot, a lot of fun and, uh, yeah, just figuring it out as I go and, you know, learning new things as I go. We got a question about that
0: yeah. cutting. So if you're cutting something that thick on a bandsaw, is there kind of, is it just a feel you know, you can feel how quickly you need to be pushing it through, or is there some yeah. sort of a process? Well, I mean, process?
1: like anything where there's going to be, like, a lot of heat generated, you need to make sure the blade that you're using doesn't get past the critical temperature, past its hardening, and then all of a sudden it just will instantly go dull. So you ever using, like, a router, and then it gets super smoky, and then the router bit doesn't work anymore. It doesn't work well. Or if you're using a table saw, if you cut through something, and then all of a sudden the blade just doesn't work anymore. You've gotten it past its critical temperature, and now its, its hardening goes... So with the bandsaw, you just want to keep cutting slow, keep the cut oiled when you're cutting metal. And if you're cutting fast, say for instance, you have like a regular wood bandsaw and you just stick a piece of metal in it. I cut sheet metal on mine, but obviously sheet metal is much thinner. But if you're cutting anything like past a quarter inch on a wood cutting bandsaw and you don't slow the blade down, your blade's going to overheat too quick and it's just going to go dull instantly. And that's when you see everything kind of turn blue, blue and dark. And then the the edges of your your teeth are just all mushed off because it's gotten past its melting point or its hardening point, I should say. So that's it. You just want to cut slow and steady. And and I always say as long as you're making, as long as you're making uh, debris is coming out of the other side of the blade, then it's cutting. So while I was cutting this stuff, I was making sure that the debris coming out of the other side of the cut, falling on the floor and in my feet, was looking the same and staying mm. the same and coming out the same consistency. Obviously, Thanks. couldn't push very quickly. I just had to like kind of go as it was cutting, and uh, like I said, I just kind of it was kind of more of a meditative cut. I was just like, okay, within a few minutes, I'm going to be about a half inch away from where I am now. So just keep going slow and steady, and yeah, like I said, just keep an eye on the on the the sawdust you're making or the metal dust you're making, and making mm. sure it stays looking the same. That's also another thing I learned. Using the milling machine because uh, you know I have a tendency to, to feed too fast, spin too fast, and that'll will overheat your 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 end mill, and immediately it turns blue and then it stops working. And so I, this particular time around, I learned to slow everything down considerably. I have a power feed, so slow the power feed down, slow the the cutting head down, everything, and then the shavings that come out of it look like shavings. They don't just look like little. Granules. When they're granules, half of it's from the cutting head and half of it's from the material you're trying to remove. So, just yeah,
0: to, okay, I got another question. Yeah. Continuing that. Yeah. Uh, this is all new to me. So, if if you see the color changing on a bit or a blade or any of that stuff, if you can see the color change in any amount, is that too late or is that an indicator?
1: It, it might be. Yeah. No, because all of yeah. a sudden you're like, "Ooh, wow! This whole room's full of smoke. I didn't even notice." Yeah. And then your router bit is like all blackened on the end. And then your cut is also all burnt, and then it's time to put a new bit on there. So most of all, I, I mean, didn't. I if, didn't know
0: if like the color change would be like, a, oh, okay, now I better slow down, or if it's like when you um, see it, it's sometimes
1: it all depends. Like if you're using like there was actually someone sent me a really interesting video on on high speed steel, like versus uh, um, more like uh, carbide bits, and if you're if you're if you're sharpening high speed steel, which are the typical like the old fashioned cutting heads on most lathes. It, it turns blue, it's still hard, because it has a much higher temperature, uh, you know, uh, threshold. So, but some, like, for instance, I noticed this as a kid. I learned this the hard way as a kid. When I was using router bits, and if I use like, a big half-inch router bit, I have a lot more stability cutting. If I use a small bit, I mean, obviously, you have more stability, but what I meant to say is you have you have less burn on the bit. But when the bit is small, like an eighth of an inch, it's going to get hot really quick, because that metal's got, there's no way to, for the heat to sink, If you Mm. have a fatter bit, it's heat sinking and sucking the heat in and moving up the shaft. If you have a little tiny eighth inch router bit, you're going to burn it quick if you're not careful with it because it soaks the heat up and just overheats and then all of a sudden it becomes dull. So as a kid, Mm. I had like a little router bit drawer and I would go in the router bit drawer and all the smill router bits were like black, black and blue. And (laughs) they didn't like the, the, it gets so hot that even the carbide tip would be gone because it's based, the carbide tip is like welded or fastened to like the regular metal and then the joint between them becomes overheated. And so I have like a router bit and, and half the carbide edge is like broken off. And I'm like, oh, there's still one on the other side. So at least I'll get a flat bottom cut, you know, so I just <laughs> dig into <it. laughs> But, you know, <laughs> that happened when I was a kid. But, you know, every once in a while when I'm desperate and I'm making something at, you know, midnight and there's no store open and I find like a little tiny bit and half of the blade's gone, I'm like, all right, I guess this will do. You know. But, yeah, you just got, you just can't overheat anything. So once you overheat it, it, it just dies. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Cool. That's my I overheating did. learning experience this week. That was that was what Santa brought me.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not ready to talk about any project videos yet. By the time you hear this, it's still going to be another week before anybody sees a project video. But I've been kind of piecing my shop back together, rearranging the lighting, still working on the other new, the new basement rooms, which I'll be doing that over the next couple months. Uh, I got. I started to write kind of like a script for the video and photography equipment I use. So that's probably going to be a quick video that I'm going to put out maybe in the next week.
0: And uh, yeah, that's, that's it. Just slowly putting my shop together. Does it seem quite a bit different now that you have it, you know, as you're putting it back together? Yeah, well,
2: the, um, all the new space that I gained in the shop is being used as temporary storage right now while we finish the laundry room and the band room. So I haven't gained any space. So it's everything is still feels kind of hopeful. <laughs> <laughs> nice, <laughs> Yeah. So I, I can see that it's going to feel a lot nicer and, and everything. The holidays got in the way, not gotten away, but the holidays kind of interrupted process and, and the making rooms took way longer than I ever thought, but I got, I got a lot of video plans. In, in my mind, and I think, I think I'm think i going to uh, really step up my game in the next couple months here. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. Cool.
0: Cool. Yeah, the holidays definitely kind of slow things down in a good way, you know, get get in the way in the best way possible. So, yeah, I haven't done a whole lot this week either. Um, I released the third part and the final part of my Arduino coding video today, and somebody left a really funny comment saying that they were picturing Jimmy's facial expression while they were watching it, like what he would be doing <laughs> while he watched the video.
1: <laughs> All I would be doing is going, "Damn, I, I wish I dug into this more often and learned more about it faster." That's but I see mean, now you can watch those videos yeah, and you'll. You I absolutely will. Them. I mean, that's one of the things that when we talk about going looking forward, it's trying to come up with an Arduino 3D printing project, which I've had a hard time coming coming up with, and and I have a couple of really loose ideas, but it's just going to be one of the things we talk about in a few minutes.
0: Nice. So, yeah, I put that final one of those out today. And it's really interesting, the comments I get on videos like that, Um, you know, like back to back, two comments stacked on top of each other. One of them is like, I'm so glad to see you doing, you know, this new type of thing. This is really helping expand into new people's interests. And, you know, I love the diversity. And then the one right below, it's like, I
1: sure wish you would do more woodworking. (laughs) (laughs) Did you see the tweet I put out the other day? I put a tweet out just maybe yesterday morning. Or on one of my old Hammer videos where I modified an S-Wing Hammer, one, of, one someone says, this is like stupid and dumb, like literally within like a half hour of each other. And then the other person underneath that says, oh, my God, you've got me out of my five-year funk. My dad worked at S-Wing Hammer and seeing you use these tools, you know, brings back good memories of my dad who died in a car crash. Oh. So hmm. it's like here I'm like one person is completely fulfilled and, you know, in a good positive way, you know, getting over some trauma. And the other guy's like, this is stupid. You're an idiot. <laughs> so I said, I tweeted, I said, you can't please everybody. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Over the
2: past two weeks, I got two comments that were basically the same thing. It's one of my older videos, and I have an I like to make stuff sticker on my bandsaw. And the first comment was, why do you have Bob sticker in your bandsaw? <laughs> and I just replied with, I like that dude. And the guy goes, oh, me too. And then just yesterday, I got another one. And it says, great video, but why... Is there an I like to make stuff sticker on your bandsaw? And I was like, I like that dude, and we do a podcast together. Here's a link, and he's like, Oh, awesome! So, <laughs> but huh. since then, there are no stickers on my bandsaw. I am not promoting anybody. He cleaned
1: to, it,
0: but myself. From the he does band. it. There's no. St- David doesn't like me anymore. I you started <laughs> I it,
1: David. It's all your fault now. And then now, right on the prominent front top of my my one of my two bandsaws is your stickers from the it's one of the very first ones I put on it. Now the sticker It looks like the bottom of a skateboard. is covered in stickers.
2: <laughs> well, see, when I was doing the weekly show, I people would send me stickers and I would just cover my bandsaw with it. And then people were just trying to get on the show, I think, and were like printing off like stickers on their inkjet printer. And so it was just kind of getting covered with a lot of stickers. And, and I said, you know what? Nobody gets to be on the bandsaw anymore. So I took everything off, even took the Grizzly logo off. It's just a tan colored bandsaw. And actually, a couple days ago, I ordered some glitter stickers like unicorns and rainbows. Oh, no. And they're all gonna go on the band song. Just just for that. What the crap is going on here. That's oh, awesome. No. Yeah.
0: Well, I will specially make a glittery I like to make stuff sticker. If you'll put it on <laughs> If you, know, <laughs> you do, I will put it front and center. If you right. take my stencil and
1: use spray glue instead of paint and then throw the glitter at it. The letter. <laughs> just, a, just a quick tip. Just a quick awesome. tip. Yeah. Or if you if you you know, do do what Greg's Garage did and put a little glue on the back of each one of the pop-outs. And then, oh, let, yeah. and then, then gently pull the stencil off. All the letters will stay in place. Nice. <laughs>
2: just the uh, cool. So, yeah, I just crapped on half our audience, didn't I? Nah. Yeah. I love all you guys. Absolutely.
1: Just everybody's walking back from... The mailbox now with their letter in the hands and their head droop.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Guess I won't send him a sticker after all. You
1: can send it to me. I'll put them all over the... I'll put, I'll, I'm going to start... It's going to be like 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 uh, you know like an old town like Israel where there's like cities built on top of cities. Eventually, I'm going to run <laughs> out of spaces and just start putting stickers on top of stickers. So, I'm sorry for who gets that first.
0: Yeah, that happens. <laughs> I mean, it has to happen. Yeah. yeah. There's only, only so much space. You know,
1: but it'll be growing with like the audience and the people and YouTube and and so on. Yeah,
0: it's kind of like layers of paint on a wall. You can peel them back to see who was there first.
1: That's right, that's
0: right. Oh, man, you should see the wallpaper in our bathroom. We're
2: taking down part of the bathroom, and there's like a layer of blue paint, and then there's a layer of pink paint, and then there are two layers of wallpaper below that, and they are hideous. Oh, my goodness.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we've had that same thing. I, I had to take down wallpaper in one of our bathrooms. It ran into the same thing. The thing that blew me away was that the trim at some point in my house was teal. Who paints mm. like oh. baseboard teal in a house? That's the South for you. Sorry, I, I mean it's it's the '60s. It's okay. it was built okay, in the, the 60s. rest of our audience. <laughs> <to> be, yeah, <laughs> thanks.
1: <laughs> Dropping like flies. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I yeah, tried to think but, of something funny to say that came out first. <laughs> My house yeah. is a hundred whatever. My house is like a couple hundred years old. The house I'm sitting in now in upstate, and there are certain parts of it which are the original house, which are as old as everything, and there is literally like six or eight layers of wallpaper in some of the rooms. Ugh. And mm. you peel, and once in a while, because of like, we let the house go cold in the winter, so that really lets all the glue go and uh, hold heat, cold heat. And so, and every once in a while, there'll be a big bubble on the wall, and we just peel it back, and it goes back to like roses, like silk screen from <laughs> like whatever. Nineteen twenty, and then we peel as much as we can, and we have like a big like tear out circle on the wall of like that color wallpaper, and we leave it. So when you go into some of the rooms, there's like big pieces of wallpaper showing through the white paint. We leave it whenever we can. So nice, it looks sufficiently haunted. And then all the the paint is like peeling because the guy that owned it before me constantly painted it, and so there's like thick layers of paint that are like now it, the whole what's happening again. It has to do with like letting the house go cold and warm, so the house is experiencing all these severe temperature extremes and it makes the paint peel. So the outside of the house is peeling the inside. So when we just like every once in a while I'll take a trial and just scrape all the paint peelings that are coming off of the walls and the ceiling. And I said to tell as long as as long as it keeps looking cool I'm I'm cool with it. So Yeah. As long as you're okay with lead paint. Yeah, yeah. We put it on crackers and we eat it. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> No, most of the paint that that uh, John, the previous owner, did was all water based, of course. But in some cases, oh, yeah. it is. Was I just trolling you? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry in about some that. cases, no. It, in some cases, it does peel back to the old paint. And I've had tenants come here and they go, "Is is this house have lead paint in it?" I'm like, "Let's see. It's a. It was built in 1795. Um, was it really? And pro- probably there's probably lead paint in it. And I said, just you and your kids, just don't eat any of the paint chips, and I think it's <laughs> good.
0: <laughs> rule number one of the house: Don't yeah. eat the walls.
1: Yeah, don't that should be rule number one of every
2: house. Oh, that's
0: true. Well, rule actually, number two: Don't eat crackers that no. Jimmy gives you. I want to make this <laughs> into
1: Willy Wonka's house where you could lick the wallpaper. Mm. Yeah, but right over the lead
0: paint. Maybe that's why my kids lick the walls. That movie. <laughs> yeah. Is is your house really built in seventeen? what did you say? 1790? Yeah, seventeen
1: nineties. There's like one main square, and then there's two offshoots off of the square. And the main that's house awesome. is seventeen nineties. Yeah. And uh, wow. The basement is all flagstone stacked up. The floor of the basement is just like big flagstones with like wooden... You know, the the one of the crazy things, and one of these days I'll do like a little video tour of the house. The house is so old, but like when you poke your head up through the attic and you look, you could see most of the roof was built out of a recycled from another house, which is weird because I, the mm. people that owned it here before me, the woman who died recently, lived across the street... She grew up here as a little kid from like the 1930s. She died in in her 80s. Anyway, I got to meet her a couple times early on. Anyway, she said, oh, I said, was the house ever like, was the roof majorly changed? She's like, not while we were there. So that means like in the last nearly 100 years, the roof has been the same. But when you look up inside the attic and you look inside the roof, you see like there's no ridge beam, which is like an old telltale sign of construction. It's just rafters that come together with no ridge beam down the middle and so where the rafters are all coming together, some of the things are just a hand cut at a 45 degree angle and some of the sides of the joint are just old burnt wood and some of them are clean new wood. so which leads me to believe that <laughs> most of the wood or some of the wood in the roof of my house was recovered from a house that burned more than right. 100 years ago. So the roof was probably rebuilt at one point with recycled wood from another house. And then the floorboards in mean, one of the houses is like a parlor left and right. and when you're in the basement and you look up underneath the floor of the parlor, it's all painted wood with, that was pulled out of another house and rearranged. So where, where there was paint on the wood, where there was like joists or whatever, there's like naked wood, then painted wood, then naked wood, then painted wood. Mm. And it was all flip-flopped around. So when you look, you see all these old nail holes. So the whole floor, like half the floor of the house is recovered from another house. And she said that she doesn't remember that being changed in her lifetime. So huh. it's just funny. The house has been, it, it is an amalgamation of recycled homes and to some extent. That's wow. crazy. Yeah. So this house has so many weird histories that I don't know anything about. Have we ever talked about the Winchester mystery house on here? No, but I know exactly what you're talking about where the woman thought that, you know, the souls are haunting the house. And as long as you've ever been building, there, no, I know no. it's in California somewhere, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's like near it's, San Francisco. Uh, yeah. Up north somewhere. I don't remember exactly. It's, Crazy! If you ever get the chance, actually, when we uh, when we're out there for uh, Maker Fair, oh, we yeah. should find it and go to it. Oh yeah, 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 All right. You would love it. It's it's insane. There's like staircases that go nowhere. They go up to a wall. Yeah. There's doors that open into. His like, widow said that. His
1: widow said she was haunted by all the people that were killed by the gun. Yeah. And so, as part of her penance, she had to keep rebuilding the house.
0: And she, had, she was trying to confuse them. Right. Yeah. She was trying to confuse them. Oh, and she yeah, had that's right. the riches of the Winchester family. So she was right. like had people working on this house 24 hours a day for years and years and years. And she had like some, you know, like, I don't know, spiritual guide person who or whatever, who was telling her like, Oh, <laughs> you have to do this to confuse them. And you have mm-hmm. to do this. So she'd be like, they'd be building a new wing to the house. And she'd be like, okay, all the stairs have to go to the ceiling. Now stop doing that and go to this side of the house and build something over here. And it's just, it's insane, but it's really fun to walk through. It.
1: Yeah. This house It is just a makes me like think
2: it. that my spirit it's just going to be dumb and <laughs> not be not able to figure things out. Nope, there's no problem solving
1: skills in the afterlife. Why don't you can these go, walls. go anywhere. You can like float through walls. Like that, it makes no sense.
0: <laughs> if we've learned anything from Scooby Doo, it's
1: yeah, you can float through walls, and it's always the owner of the town or the the mayor. It's always, always Scooby Doo.
0: Old Man Carruthers. <laughs> mm. That's cool.
1: Well, what, what are we talking
0: about this week? Unless we we could just talk about the Winchester Mystery House, but
1: no, I think what we we're going well, to just, look back and then look forward, right? Sure. Yeah. So, anybody have any good tales of looking back to 2015, and what have we learned in 2015?
2: I have a couple things. Uh, I teased a lot about making a getting started in welding video because I welded for the first time in 2015. Nice. Um, but I only did that one test piece. And it it never I never done anything since, but now I have the knowledge. The fear is gone, and I have the tools to do so. I just need to do it. Yeah. Uh, so there's that. Uh, I made a guitar a couple months ago, and I learned that it, when you make your first guitar, you're going to run into a couple things that are unexpected. And now for the next one, I I know better. I know how to prepare for that.
1: Uh, what were some of the problems I, you have? Did you have a problem with the uh, the tuning uh, yeah, well, frets and um, that whatnot?
2: It's um. Well, let's see. One of the things was you. Have, it's not obvious at first, but you have to ground the pickups yep. to the bridge. You get a hum. And I had it all put together, and I'm like, "Where does this wire go?" And I'm like,
1: "Ah,
2: <laughs> it has to Cut go there." It off. Um. Who cares? There's some um, <laughs> tricks that you got to do. Uh, depending on the neck that you get, some necks are supposed to be set at a slight angle, and some are not. And so, to get that pocket correct, you got to do some tricks. Um, and my the, the biggest my mistake I made with the guitar was I routed like a thin groove for all the wiring to go into the guitar, and then that's covered with the pick guard. And so, all the wiring is held to the pick guard th- with the uh, um, the volume and tone knobs, right? Well, I realized that I routed the grooves so thin for the wire. Before you put the pickguard on, all, all the wires fit in there perfectly fine. But once you get it mounted to the pickguard, it's hard to kind of maneuver everything and get it into those slots. Yeah. So I realized next time I need to make those grooves really wide. Or give that yourself way more really wire to a bunch it. in the holes. Yeah, yeah. And so... Uh, that was fun. And I'm actually going to do another one. I, I've been promising that for a long time, but it actually is in the immediate plans. I was hoping to paint that guitar, but now the weather's cold and I, I got to wait till spring before I can paint it. I learned a little bit about home construction or at least building interior walls. I learned that I never want to do it again, <laughs> but I'm, I'm glad I picked up the knowledge because I have a new appreciation for that. And uh, I learned, uh, and then I ran into a wiring problem with, with that, and my buddy came over. He showed me some tricks to do, uh, t- to test some things. He was, like, purposely blowing the, the circuit to see if things were working. And I was like, oh, that's a cool trick. So it's just little things here and there, some paper-making things, things that I'm hoping to, maybe all these, all these new little things I learned will uh, find their way into future videos, mm. except for the home construction ones. those are not going to be in any videos, <laughs> and I think I just got better on camera, better as a woodworker, better as a as a maker. I think I I think there was quite a bit of improvement all around for me.
1: Yep, that's nice. cool. Um, trying to think. Uh, well one one of the most things I one of the most important things I learned is is honestly I know this is going to sound a little sappy, but it's it's really true how strong this community is and how. Strong and continues to become, and I learned that when we were all together at WIA, and how many people traveled from far away to come meet us, and when we looked at the overall woodworking show, how many people were there just to see us, and uh, the all sort of the the old guard you know, were like, "What is? What are all those people doing around that booth?" And I said, "Oh, we're <laughs> the YouTube woodworkers," and they're like, "Well, w- what does that mean?" I said, "You know, we're like online." makers that people follow and learn from it was funny to see these old timers like kind of looking and scratching their head and and even even some young timers i say them old timers and some guys that were you know like 50s early late 40s a couple guys i remember speaking to one guy i bought a tool from and he's like what is all the what are all those people doing over there i said where are are the youtube woodworkers and you're selling products like this guy was selling really good products and i don't want to say the name uh because i don't want him to hear it and be you know insulted but I was like, dude, you're like selling one of the hottest products right now. You don't even know like what's going on in YouTube. What's wrong with you? I mean, you could be selling more. I mean, and he is selling more because me and a few other people use his tools on camera. But he didn't even get it. I was just like, I was like, I can't believe like you're not up to speed yet. But you know, it's kind of that era where people are like, oh well, I don't watch YouTube like years ago. Remember people were like, well, I don't really have email. <laughs> you know, it's going to be a matter of time before everybody's on YouTube. And so, um, just seeing the the growth of YouTube and its importance and. Uh, You know, as far as one thing I learned, um, definitely that was a highlight of my
2: year. Oh yeah, right. Know if we were going to talk about our favorite moments of the year. But WIA, when we were all there together, yeah. and our booth was the most booming booth, yeah, and, and there was a bunch of other other YouTubers there too. That was that was insane. Like, it was hard to comprehend how many people were at our booth the entire weekend.
1: Yeah, yeah. it was it was a lot of fun. It was definitely an eye opener for me because I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll come, I'll check it out, and then like I'm like, oh wait, you drove here from Connecticut to come meet me? Like, oh wow, that's pretty cool. Or you know, you came here from where or wherever, or you know, whatever. But it was just it was just so it was so nice and rewarding to see like the things that we do and and how they impact people in a positive way. And uh, one thing I learned definitely is you know I've always said it in the past, but I got on YouTube to as a means to get back on TV. But now I am certainly happy where I am. I have no I have no uh, ambitious plans of being on TV. If it happens passively, then then I'll follow through and see if it works for me at the timing at the time that it that it occurs. But as of now. You know, I'm kind of blowing off TV producers and people that are interested in getting me involved in projects. Uh, nothing's ever panned out as of uh, you know this year. Nothing's even seemed to come close to panning out. But I have had a lot of conversations, and you know, the the more I talk to these people, the more I kind of bully them around and just say, "What are you going to do for me?" It's like really the beginning of the phone call. I don't even like I'm like, "All right, well, if you want me to be on your dumb show, tell me how it's going to benefit me." And uh, I usually don't get a call back, so maybe maybe it's in my <laughs> delivery. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but that's just because I'm totally content where I am. And, and that's, you know, I get a whim to make a product and I want to make the product and I do it. And it, it's just so rewarding to know that people are interested in, in paying attention and watching. And um, as far as uh, the workshop goes, I've certainly gotten better at certain things like machining. I talked about it a little bit here already. But using the bridge port and using the lathe and, uh, you know, me making these ice picks, I've had to make, I've made almost 400 ice picks at this point. And I I never intended to make that many on my own. I was hoping Hong Kong would pick up by now. And they're actually far from being able to take over because I saw the most recent sample. But me making 400 ice picks is make anything 400 times and you're going to be like, hey, dummy, why didn't you do this in the first 100 round? This makes life so much easier. And so just doing a repetitive, it's fairly simple, of course, but um, it does have its complexities. But doing something like that over and over and over again definitely gives you uh, more of a sharper mind to see the opportunities, you know, when you're making something just one time, what's the smart way to approach it. And, uh, you know, just again, using machines and I got a saw stop. So for the first time in almost 25 years, I have a brand new table saw that is just incredible and just rock solid and doesn't slow down. As fast as I push wood through it, it doesn't slow down. And uh, so it's... It's like going from driving like an old jalopy. And you don't realize it until you get into like a brand new car. Like what a piece of junk you've been driving for so long. And that's exactly the experience I had with my saw stop. So I'm really appreciative of that. And that's something I learned. It's like, you know, maybe even though it was obviously a gift from them, but when treat myself more often, it's one thing I learned. Like if something's something's feeling a little bit jittery and a little bit slow, you know, treat yourself, go get I had this conversation with a friend recently who, like, really penny pinches. I said, treat yourself. You know, you, you're doing this for a living, and just, just treat yourself. Don't feel guilty about spending $1,000 on a tool. Because you need it, you need it. It's not like you're spending $1,000 on, you know, a dinner that's going to be a passing fad. This is something that's going to live and last with you forever. So... That's another thing.
2: All I can think about is is Tom from Parks and Rec. Treat saying, yourself.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't, I don't. Is he the perfume guy? Yes. Tom <laughs> <Alan> Haverford. <laughs> Treat yourself. No, it's true. You know, a lot of people will go through life going, oh, this is, uh I've had this for 30 years. And I'm like, yeah, but it's a piece of garbage. Just go buy a new one. It's only like $60 at Harbor Freight or whatever the hell it might be. And... uh I learned going to Harbor Freight with a 1000 bucks is always fun because you can leave it (laughs) with so many tools. (laughs) I did the math this week. I swear to God, I'm going to tell you the truth. I have my ice pick batch up here, and and my my next round of ice picks is just nearly done. I only need to engrave the logo in them. But I had uh, most of them up here, and, and I needed a buffing wheel. The buffing wheel I have up here is inadequate. Every time I stick something into it, it slows down, and it drives me crazy. And the local guy over here who sells horseshoe supplies is somebody I always go and poke around. And he has a, a Baldor, it's called Baldor is a brand of of buffing. They make machines, but they make motors. But a Baldor buffing wheel, he has it for $700. And every time I see it, I'm like, God, I wish I had that. It's big, it takes like a 12-inch buffing disc, but it's the type of thing that, you know, it, it'll never slow down. So I thought to myself last week, I was like, you know what, let me go and buy that Baldor buffing wheel from that guy. It's $700, it's the end of the year, I got to get up, I got to drum up some tax write-offs. And then I was laying in bed, and I was like, you know what? If I had $700 to spend at Home Depot, what? Um, excuse me, if I had $700 to spend at Harbor Freight, what could I get? So I opened up the computer, and they have a buffing wheel that's comparable for, for like 100 bucks. So I went to Harbor Freight in Albany, and I spent $800. And I got two buffing wheels. I got tons of like hand tools. Uh, I got the 12-inch disc sander, David, that you have. Mm-hmm. And I bought a bunch of things. It all added up. And then... Because I actually had my my insider track club with me, my insider track card with me. Insider is it insider track club? I, forget what it's called. I don't know. It's the Harbor Freight like insider club. I had my card with me, so I got some more discounts. So at the end of the day, I left with it, and I bought like boxes of bolts, boxes of O rings, all these things that you like don't know you <laughs> need until you need them. Off my upstate shop, so I'm I'm equipping my upstate shop so I could handle more things up here, and uh, so. Treat yourself was another thing I learned. I wanted to get a laser this year, but I did not get one because I just have nowhere to put it. So I did not push anybody to give me one for free or, you know, even promote the idea because I have nowhere to put it. I'd have to put it in my apartment, considering it's like sort of a delicate piece and I don't want it to be in my workshop where it floods and gets musty and and sawdusty. Yeah, that'd be bad. So I'm going to wait on that to have have better facility. And uh, I learned that I have a tremendous amount of fans that support me on my my stupid resin cast doll. So thank you all for that. Um, <laughs> that made it under the wire at the last minute. I really didn't think that that was going to work. Um, I was kind of half half in, half out as far as my faith on that whole project. But the dolls are actually getting done. And Carlos sent me a sample the other day. That's why I showed a picture.
2: Action figures. I'm sorry, they're they're action figures. They're resin they're cast. Dolls? They're
1: resin cast. They're resin cast. They're like uh, you know, and they they're little resin cast figures, about twelve inches tall. Yeah, the action figure to make an action figure would be way too expensive because that's all articulated, injection molded PVC parts. Mm. So this is a resin cast. So um, that's still happening, and uh, you know, I just uh, I'm I'm just uh, I'm just grateful for for this year, and I've grown considerably as far as like my client list goes because. In the beginning of the year, I was doing more installations and, like, closet built-ins and these type of things, which uh, are really difficult to deal with. You know, your car gets a ticket in front of the building while you're waiting to go up and get your tools. You know, this kind of stuff Dave and I always joke around about. I do less and less of that, which I'm grateful for, because I'm getting paid well to do branding stuff. And my videos are actually making me some money now for the first time. So it's, uh, it's been a good year. It's been, like, a real good transitional year. And I put up a lot of, uh, put on a lot of new subscribers a lot of views. So uh, it just keeps growing. I've rambled enough. Bob, your turn to ramble. (laughs) (laughs) My turn to ramble.
0: Yeah. I mean, I've, I've learned a huge amount of stuff this year and, you know, I guess I'm kind of where you were this time last year, David, as far as jumping, making the jump to full time, you know, and like being in your first year, um, figuring it out. Um, So yeah, I'm constantly learning stuff. And so I think I could talk for a really long time about all of that, but I won't do that. I have learned that I, there are a lot more ups and downs to this business than I was expecting a lot more kind of emotional ups and downs and financial ups and (laughs) downs and um, motivation. You know, I mean like I stay pretty motivated as a person, but I have found more than I expected that there are some times where I'm just like, I'm, I'm not sure that I want to do this today or this week or this month. Like, you know, um, so that, that's been an interesting thing to kind of fight through and, you know, just be hit with it and not realize that it was coming. Um, the big thing I think that I've, I've learned and it's really been in the last month or two, but I look back over the year and and see how it affects or has affected a lot of stuff over this last year. Is just like measuring expectation has been a thing that I'm, I've realized, excuse me, that I've realized and I'm trying to do more of on a regular basis because I've realized that everybody watching, everybody involved, everybody I know has an expectation of what I do. Sometimes it's fair, sometimes it's not, sometimes it's whatever. I have an expectation of what I do. My wife has an expectation of what I do and what I'm going to be able to produce, you know, all that stuff. And I think the tendency is to try to meet everybody's expectations, whether you're like sure about it or not. And, you know, whether you realize that you're trying to do it or not is you want to try to meet people's expectations, but, um, you can't. And so now I'm trying to realize where, where those points are, where it's somebody else's expectations that I'm trying to meet and trying to like push those away. And so for like the comments, I was talking about where somebody says, I wish you would do more of this. Yeah. That's, that's them expecting my channel to be something that they want.
1: You know what? Someone said to me just the other day, they go uh, on this, I put up a video where I made like this bicycle thing for my friend. And someone's like, get back to your old videos where you make cool stuff. Last week I, I made <sighs> six chess pieces from scratch. Yeah. And before that I made a You know, so I, I just deleted the guy's comment. I didn't even comment. I'm like, what the hell? Do- what are you watching? So you, yeah. you you can't put much faith in what people are saying.
0: Well, and, and you know, I've, it's like valid, I guess for them to say the thing, but that doesn't make it like okay or necessary for us to try to meet their expectation.
1: Yeah. I understand. Their like, comment. That's all.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, if somebody like I, I used to watch TV shows because I thought they were good TV heroes. Do you guys ever watch heroes? Uh, No, but I know what I watched is. heroes. The first few episodes were awesome. And I was like, this is a good superhero show. And then it went off the deep end and got really awful. <laughs> and, but my expectation was that it was going to continue to be a certain thing for a certain amount of time. Lost is another good example of that, but, (laughs) but it just, you know, it's not, that's my expectation. Those people who are creating that thing can make it into whatever they want. So I'm learning that I have to be a little bit more guarded about like how I'm taking in outside input and measure whether it's just what they expect or whether it's actually something to do with me or, you know, what I'm trying to create or whatever. And honestly, that's a little freeing. I'm learning that as well. When mm-hmm. you let go of like trying to meet other people's stuff, then you're like, Oh, okay. Well, I don't have to worry about that. That's not what I do.
2: Yeah. And uh, you know, just don't forget you got here because you were doing what you wanted to do. Yeah. Yep. you know, It's a it whole meet- body
1: of work. You got to remember to look back at the whole body of work.
0: Uh, that's a good way to put it.
1: Yeah. Like that. You know, and then these little moments in time are just, you know, it's part of the ebb and flow. You might look back at something and say, what, what the hell was I thinking? Why did I do that? But you know what? Right next to that is one of your proudest videos. So it's just, it's the whole body of work you got to really assess and not moment by moment.
0: Yeah. So I'm learning a whole lot. And I think I still have a lot to learn about that. Um, But that's been pretty eye opening and helpful for me. Um, Like David, I've gotten to learn some welding a little bit. Not very good at it yet, but that's been really cool. Just, I feel like I'm moving into a different, like, whole different realm of stuff. And, and then it's funny because I go back and watch some of your old stuff, Jimmy, the, just the older videos that I hadn't seen in a while. Mm -hmm. And at the time when I watched the metalworking, I was like, oh, that's really cool. I wish I could do that someday. And now I have, I still can't do it, but I still have a a better, a different appreciation for what it Mm -hmm. is because now like I understand it a little bit more. Yeah. So that's kind of cool just because learning a little bit of something has opened up how I look at things. And that's pretty neat. And so I'm hoping that like with my electronics videos and stuff that I'm trying to do, I'm hoping it does that for somebody else that once they see it and then they go back and watch somebody else's video, they go, oh, okay, that makes a little bit of sense now or, you know, it's a little bit useful.
1: That reminds me of something that, that I always do with myself and I forget. And I'll give you an example. Like I remember watching the motorcycle shows and seeing all these guys TIG weld. Uh, remember when motorcycles were hot on on discovery channel and and I would watch these guys TIG weld and I had stick welded and I was learning mig welding at the time, but I wasn't using it as much. I'm talking like in the early two thousands and I thought to myself, God, I wish uh, that seems like such a, you know, a a sexy technology. I want to learn how to do because they make it look so sexy here on TV. And as time went on, like I stopped forgetting that's what I wanted to learn. And then fast forward through the TV show that I did. And then all of a sudden I'm like, making youtube movies and then taylor buys me a a gift to a a tig lesson and i learned how to tig weld and then i bought her a tig welder and then we both started tig welding and then in time i look back and i'm like oh wow that happened so naturally i forgot that that was one of my ambitions 10 years ago and like here i am and i'm teaching people how to do this too you know so it's just it's just so strange that these things happen all of a sudden without your consciousness
0: pretty cool yeah,
1: so I mean, I learned a lot of
0: stuff. I think the biggest thing I learned is don't drive while holding a camera because
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> that will create lots of
2: oh, conversation
0: man. for you for months.
2: <laughs> Are you still getting comments on that?
0: No, not as much lately. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I joke about that, but it actually.
1: I would drive cross country. <laughs> I'm going to hold one hand on the wheel and one hand on a camera, make a blog, the whole thing.
0: Have fun with that.
1: <laughs> I'm going to turn <laughs> my comments off.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, I guess there is, like, you know, I have learned from that experience that, you know, there, I do have to take into consideration a little bit more. I think the more eyes we get in front of, the more we have to be aware of what we're showing. Not that we have to change it. That's totally up to us as creators to change and decide what's valid and what's safe and all that stuff. But, um I think there are some things that we do naturally that we don't even think about how it's going to be perceived to other people, and you know sometimes there are things worth looking at, and saying like, is this how I want it to go out? Is this how I want things to be seen? Is this the best idea to
1: you know? But um, every once in a while you do something you have absolutely no idea you're going to offend you know a certain. Oh yeah, of people. yeah. I mean you can't you like can't, holding the camera. Like when I was just amazed that people care about that. Like,
0: you can't prefix problems yeah. like that for people that you don't even know who are going to have a problem with it. Now I'm not saying that you have to be like. I've talked about being gun-shy in the past because of that stuff, and that's the wrong approach. That's not something I want, and that's something I think we should do. But, you know, like safety things, like I want to reach young kids. I want them to, to see my videos and be inspired and want to do what I'm doing and stuff. And so I have to take into consideration that they don't have the common sense that I have all the time or don't have or whatever, you know, things like that. So I've just learned to, to th- be a little more conscious of that stuff for everybody's well-being. So. Yeah, so that's what I got. What about uh what about next year? David, you want to start for next year? Sure. So I I've told my wife
2: many times like this year was the greatest year of my life. And the previous year was the greatest year of my life. And so I'm hoping 2016 continues to be the greatest year of my life. Like I I learned so much in 2015 and I think at times I got a little lazy, and I could have done more. So my goal for 2016 is to put out twice as many project videos mm. and more tip videos, and I I just want to put more effort into it. I think I got comfortable and just kind of cruised this last quarter, and and I next year I'm it's it's pedaled to the floor, and we're gonna put out some of the best stuff I've ever done. I think I'm, I'm finding my, where I want to be as far as like content and, and style. And I, I am, I'm all set with tools. I bought a lot of tools this year and this next year, I'm not going to buy hardly any tools. I, because I need in 2017, I need the banks to look at my 2016 Results and say yes, you can afford to buy a home. So this year, this coming year, I'm not spending anything, and it's all about saving money, and it's all about making making money. And so I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna have my shows aren't gonna get interrupted with new tool purchases. It's just all gonna be content. It's gonna be good. I'm not gonna I'm gonna try to let not let certain comments bother me so much, but that's hard. We all know that. And uh, yeah, it's just it's gonna be a good year. It's gonna be a good year.
1: All right. Look, looking uh, looking forward to 2016 for me. Uh, I'm excited to put out... A, I'm going to try and do a little bit more bigger, better videos. Like this first one I'm doing right now, uh, for 20, it will be out in 2016, is this knife I'm working on. I want to do kind of a little bit more like... Uh, I, I, I want to do bigger, better videos, but I'm also not going to discount the small, simple things. I mean, I still have to make... Small, simple stuff for, uh, and and for Make Magazine, I try and do a little bit more like attainable stuff. Like this week, I'm putting out a mirror video for Make Magazine. It's just a simple round mirror, and my patrons have seen it. Um, But it shows some really cool techniques that I wouldn't otherwise have thought about unless I decided, I'm like, "Eh, you know what, let me turn the camera on for this one. I made a a mirror for my neighbors. But I'm going to try and do some more grandier, grandiose videos for me, for my channel, and uh, I want to try and bring my subscription count up, so this way I could charge more money to the people that want to do product placement with me. I mean, it's kind of a little plan I was devising with a friend. And uh, I want to do more natural product integration. I don't necessarily want to do commercials, because I never feel comfortable doing them, and I don't do them well. So if if I was good at it, I would do more of it, but I do it, and I we were talking about this, how I um and ah all the time. So I'm going to just try and continue to make money without talking, if I can. And uh, I definitely want to get working on my building space up here. I want to work up here more often. I mean, that being said, this is the first time in 10 years I kept the house open up through till New Year's. By now, the house would have been closed since November, and I would reopen it. I reopen it typically in April. So we're up here. Obviously, the weather is permitting that. If it was 10 degrees out, I'm sure I'd be in the city. But um, I like to spend more time up here doing projects. So my videos will be... Place up here more often up in the country. Uh, I have a real strong term goal to, to move out of that shop downtown, uh, whether it has anything to do with me moving into a new space I build or a new space I rent or a temporary housing I make up here. I really want to get out of that shop. I, I mean, it's been the birth of my, my channel and it's, it's given me some really great projects in the last 11 years, but I, I out of respect to my neighbors and the things I really want to do like machining and, and bigger, like kind of more timbery type woodworking projects. I, I just, I can't do it there. Mm. I, I, you know, I, I want to include my cars and trucks in more of my videos and some of my more outdoorsy stuff. I just want to do more outdoor projects. And, uh, you know, I, Taylor and I have uh, intentions of finishing up our t- teepee. That we're going to build a teepee that we've already started. Taylor, actually, you guys can't see because the sun went down, but through the back window of my bedroom there, Taylor is out there stripping teepee poles with a draw knife right now. It's pretty, awesome. she, she just tapped on the window to show me what she was doing. Um, so we want to finish the teepee, and uh, I definitely want to work more towards getting getting out of the city and, and more working up here in my shop up here. So, I mean, that's really my big goal. And when people when I mention that, people are like, can I come visit you next week before you move? That's not happening anytime soon. It's just definitely a long-term <laughs> plan because I still have three years of a lease left on my shop in the city, and I'm I'm going to take advantage of that and move out slowly. So, and again, I, I don't have much of a place to move up to up here right now. So hmm. I'm slowly putting the things I don't use as much in storage so that they're not going to be a hindrance when it's time to really move out of the city. So, um, and then when I move out of the city, I'll definitely keep an apartment there But as long as I can afford it. I'll definitely be in both places, but I'd like to live a life up here more often in the, in the rural part of the, the state. It's just, uh, as I get older, it's more rewarding to be up here in the, in the open outdoors. So yeah. we'll see. And then I also don't like when sewage backs up at my feet. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <I can laughs> Another motivating I mean. factor <laughs> getting out of the city. And, you know, I want to follow through with that thing where I have people up here. Actually, Danny is a good close friend of mine who came up and spent a few days up here during this week. And he said to me last week, he, he goes, because he's the first time he experienced up here and he thought it was real magical and nice. And he's like, look, when the spring comes, I'm going to help you. Let's figure out one weekend where we invite like 10 people up here to at least just have a a meeting of the minds to just hang out and, you know, sit around the table and talk and sit around the fire and, and eat and drink and and have good conversation and try and come up with a plan for something. So he wants, that's Hmm. going to be the beginning of the, you know, the upstate salon, whatever it might Hmm. end up becoming. We're going to try and do that in the spring.
0: Jimmy's Hair Place. Yeah. <laughs> I hope it's a salon.
1: I hope, I hope the
2: I hope salon is in the name, but you know what I mean when
1: I say salon? Cause I, yeah. I only yeah. learned that word in yeah. the last few years. You know, this is a meeting of the conversation of creative, interested people yeah. learning from one another. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you.
0: Cool. Well, for me this year, um, I have a lot. I mean, I guess we all have a lot of things we want to do, but I want to do more with my kids because getting this whole business started has been, uh, you know, it takes a lot. And I, I don't want it to get to a point to where I'm doing this new thing so much that it's taking a toll on, you know, the time I spend with them or that I'm thinking about work when I'm with them. And you know, My old job was kind of throwaway in that I could walk away from it and not think about it until 9 o'clock the next morning. This is a little bit different. So Yeah, it's full time. Yeah, full time, full time. But um, so I don't want, you know, I don't want it to take over take away from the time with them but i'd like to figure out how to, how to integrate them into it more mm-hmm. part of that is having a little bit bigger shop so that's safe for them to be in there with me to do some work together so trying to figure that out um and you know i want to do I'm, I'm i've i'm going to try to loosen my personal schedule next year so that the videos that i'm doing are things that i really want to do things that i'm like motivated to do and and drawn towards rather than trying to hit a schedule and trying to fill the gaps in between the things that I really want to do. And I don't know how that's going to go. So that's going to be one of those things where I'm just going to have to try it and see. But um, I don't know, man, I I got a whole lot of stuff that I want to try to change and try to improve this next year and just try to continue to figure out. I mean, all this is still relatively new.
1: Do you have, when you say expand your shop, are you talking about closing your carport or are you thinking about moving off the property?
0: Um, most likely expanding the carport or closing in the carport, but, um, I don't know. I'm not sure We're you know, we're looking at that now to see if that's even feasible. Cause it may not really be something that's worth doing as far as cost and time and all that stuff. Um, yeah, we're looking at it now.
1: Then but, when you do that, all your neighbors start looking over the fence going, what are you doing? Yeah. Closing in the carport, <laughs> but I like it open. You're like, wait, you don't own this piece of property. Shut your
0: mouth. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, it's a, it's a, full carport like a two car you know carport so putting up walls underneath the structure that's already there it's already got a full roof and everything so it wouldn't look a whole lot different <clears throat> but there's a lot of concrete work that would have to be done before we could do that so you know there's like a lot of cost involved that i'm not sure if it's if it's worthwhile you know i mean it would be nice to have more space but it's not like i can't work in what i have by any means it's just uh and you know another thing i really want to do soon is get the arcade finished and it's, mm-hmm. really it's getting close. close now it's very close yeah and having that out of my space i actually moved it out into the yard to paint it a couple days ago and just having everything out i was like whoa this room is huge yeah. <laughs> it's so nice so you know just having having that out is gonna help a lot um but i want to finish that project up i want to finish up another long term And I want to really take advantage of the traveling that I'm going to do this year, too, because I'm doing a lot of traveling to different events and different conferences and maker fairs and stuff. And I want to make those worth the effort. I want to make those like I don't don't know what that means exactly, but I want that traveling that time away from my family and away from the shop to be really valuable to either to me or to whoever I'm going to be with. You know, one or the other. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's probably I mean, I have. Tons of stuff I could say about next year, but we've got a whole year to talk about this. <laughs> <So. laughs> we've gonna well, get happiness it all in is in always that.
2: when you guys I was gonna say happiness is always a goal of mine. I'm always trying to remove negativity and bring in more happiness into my life. And it appears that you guys have the same philosophy. Well, it's yeah. just all about quality of of life for not only us but the people that surrounds us mm-hmm. and trying to bring something of value to <clears throat> people who watch the videos.
1: This week, in fact, actually, I I got back to something I kind of got away from, which is just deleting negativity instead of answering it. So this week I deleted a lot mm. of negative comments instead of like coming back at them. I just hit remove comment and then just move on. And that's you know that's the control we have over people that that get under our skin in that way. So try and do that more often. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah engage less. Yeah. Well, I think engaging in the right places can yeah. be really beneficial for everybody involved. Yeah. Engaging in the wrong places can hurt people even if they're not involved, you know? I mean, like somebody new comes to your video and they see this negative conversation you're having with somebody, even if you're validated and like standing up for yourself and they're like, I'm yeah. here. Mm-hmm. you know? So yeah, I think that's probably a good goal for everybody is to just, just I, and
1: another stuff. thing I want to do for 2016 is write my name more often on things.
0: <laughs> you should, because people probably <laughs> don't know what your name is in your videos. No,
1: and, and you know, I don't think everybody's mad at me enough. So I'm going to write my name on everything. I, are are there any major power tools
0: that you own that don't have your name on it? <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know what? Listen to this. Uh, I tweeted this and a couple of people noticed it. I lent my welder, my my giant 160-pound welder to my friend to weld up a storefront down the street. And the place got robbed on Christmas Day. And my oh. welder, my circular saw, and one of my handheld bandsaws got stolen. My buddy Ryan had borrowed all that to use on site. He worked Christmas Day until whatever time and locked the shop up. And Christmas night, sometime between 9 o'clock at night and 7 in the morning, the place was robbed of everything. All theres It's a major hmm. construction site, so my tools that he had borrowed and all of his tools that he had on site and several other contracted tools from different people working there were all taken. And so it's a real bummer, but I had my name on my welder. So I asked everybody in New York and the Twitter a couple of tweets. It's like, hey, keep an eye out for my welder if you're offered to be sold it Let me know, and I'll come buy it back. Come with my crew. So uh, (laughs) we'll see. It's this is the first real test. Nothing, honestly, nothing of mine has ever really been stolen. You know, aside from video content, but none of my tools have ever like really been stolen. This is the first time, but it wasn't stolen directly from my shop. So that's one thing I want to make clear. It did happen on Clinton Street, but a block away in Mm -hmm. an open storefront, street level. I'm sure nobody would have stolen that welder out of the basement because it takes two, sometimes three people to move it up the steps. Anyway, so somebody took that, and it's a real bummer, but uh, Ryan is replacing it. I'm going to get a, a Miller 211 uh, MIG hmm. welder uh, in, the, in the next couple days. So.
0: You know, one of the good things about your shop, though, now, is that you have, like, a sewage moat
1: that's a deterrent for people yeah. breaking in and stealing. Yeah, he'll break the lock and go, ew, is that real <laughs> <That's> poop? disgusting. <laughs> Is that poop? <laughs> so that's what everyone comes down and says. I go, is that? I go, that's exactly what you think it is. That's exactly what it looks like. Hmm. <laughs> Gross.
0: I shouldn't have taken us back there. I'm sorry.
1: Oh, it's okay. <clears throat> I love it. I live there.
0: <laughs> um, I just thought of this. Totally random. Off topic. I apologize. Um, remember last week I was talking about that there was no place here to buy steel. Yeah. Right. There's no sheet metal. Yeah. Well, a guy named Tim sent me an email today and he lives on Tybee Island, which is the island, the beach we have here. It's about fifteen minutes from where I live. And um he told me of a small town that's kind of the opposite direction from where I live that um has a has a steel place that oh, he cool. buys from. Yeah. So and he told me like the guy to talk to and like how I should approach the guys in the back so that they're not grumpy, and it was really helpful, it was awesome. (laughs) He said, you know, talk to them this way, be patient, and they'll get you exactly what you need. You know how you approach
1: everybody in the city? I just walk right up to them with a $20 bill, and I stick it in the hand, and I go, I'm here to deliver something, where do I go? And they go, oh, oh, come right here. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) So, like I said in the past, when I walk into that lumberyard with all the grumps, I walk around handing out $5 bills to the people I actually need to speak to. But when you walk into any of these places, just, you know, in the city of 20 really gets people beyond that, like, Wait, why huh. are you tipping me? They're like, boop, "Okay, what do you I, need from me?" Yeah, they don't even ask questions. But a five, it's always like, "Wait, why <laughs> you give me five? I don't want coffee." I'm like, "No, no, 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 you don't understand." So, uh, if I wonder you if my,
0: that would work in the South. That's, I mean, that makes like sense in New York City.
1: No, the South, they'd be like, "Why are you give me twenty? I don't want more than
0: you." <laughs> I don't want your twenty <laughs> dollars.
1: You we you think about. you owe me. <laughs> in New York, yeah. it's, Jimmy Henry it works, Hill directed. It works wonders. Because the other day, my buddy from from uh, from. Uh, Kentucky was here and we had to deliver that room that I made up into the into this midtown office building so I get there a few minutes after him and he goes the guy here at the loading dock is a real you know what because he's already grumpy I go well did you walk in with a $20 bill in your hand he goes no I go it's too late I go now now, now, he's got the upper hand I go if you walk in with a $20 bill and just stick it right in his top pocket and then start talking then you have the upper hand and he'll do whatever you want because he'll think he's he might think he's even going to get another one but mm. Now you're going to give it to him to to try and win him over. It's too late. You, you have to win him over before he says anything.
0: That's crazy. That's totally out of a movie.
1: Yeah, and, and then <laughs> then he then he, he he wouldn't let us pull the car into the loading dock. That was the problem. We had to walk it all in from the sidewalk. Mm. But anyway, so uh, you know, another talking back about the metal place. Another really good place to get metal, which many people don't mention, is a Tractor Supply. They have a really good supply a metal rack that's always stocked, as opposed mm. to like a Home Depot or a Lowe's where it sometimes looks picked apart. A, uh, a metal rack in a tractor supply, in all the ones I've ever looked in, always seem pretty full.
0: So. Hmm. Yeah, we don't have tractor supply here either. Oddly enough, seems like we should,
1: but yeah, no, they're in, they're in a lot of rural areas. You'd be surprised. I mean, if you if you Google it, it's probably within striking distance. But, Good hmm. yeah, Dave? Yeah, Jimmy. Have you ever heard the
2: story of Steve Wozniak from Apple, who would get a whole bunch of two dollar bills and then glue the ends to make like a, a little tear pad? Oh yeah. And then he would tip people. He would like. Tear off these two dollar bills and tip them with that yeah i've I've and seen a couple of people confused. in New york.
1: I've seen a couple of people in New York do that they actually uh that's they take crazy. a brand new stack of tens or twenties <coughs> or fives and then glue the edge with uh, jade glue It works like a pad yeah hmm. my my friends uh somebody I know did that once and that's what he would give out to the kids uh, for Christmas. He'd give them all a hundred dollar pack of of uh <laughs> it like a like a pad, but it was real it was real. One dollar bills in a hundred hundred dollar pack. That's crazy. Yeah. So
0: cool. Well, um, you guys want to talk about our last what we're watching for the year? Yeah. Oh,
2: sure. So for me, it is there's a four part series by Crimson Custom Guitars on building a sub, a cigar box guitar. Oh, mm.
1: everybody wants to make and, one of those.
2: Yeah. And this channel is really good. I may have talked about him before. It's a guitar making channel, but there's all kinds of great woodworking tips on there too and this cigar box guitar part one came out on december twenty sixth so check that out.
1: Right on. I'm going to talk about uh, a video that a lot of people seem to have watched in the last week from purgatory ironworks uh the 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 young man that runs a channel um I'm looking for his name. it's in an email. he's got a kind of an odd name. Anyway, I can't find it. But he, he put up a thing talking about 9-11, how metal melts and gets soft at that 1,500 degrees. And he talks a little bit about the jet fuel um, conspiracy argument. He doesn't seem to take a political stance, but he just wants to prove one point, that metal gets soft when it gets red hot. And uh, when I was watching the buildings burn that day in uh, 2011, whenever that was, no, 2001, September 11, 2001, which seems like yesterday, but now it's been... So many years ago, 15 years ago, um, I sat there and I leaned over to my girlfriend when we were standing on the street. I was like, those buildings are going to start to list. The metal's going to get hot and the the metal's going to droop and the buildings will probably kind of tilt and then they're going to have to take them down. And then, you know, of course I was wrong. They completely fell down because of that same circumstance. The metal got hot, whatever you believe, but the buildings fell down. And so he proves that point in this video. But the one thing I think that's cool, he's just like, he's a little channel puttering along. He's got, I don't know, let me see. He's got about 20,000 subscribers, 22,000 subscribers. And in the last week, he got one video with 7 to 8 million views because, you know, obviously what he's talking about is slightly controversial. But um, I've had a couple conversations with some YouTubers, and I always said, hey, all it takes is one of your videos to go viral, and then all of a sudden you're on the map. You know, so don't, even though a lot of people think this is a racehorse, it's it's a wild card for any particular one of us so anyway take a look it's just funny how a channel could blow up over one video awesome um so i guess my
0: the, you could expect this but my recommendation is star wars if you haven't seen star wars go what? To Star what it's so good what is
1: that star wars it's, is that, yeah. what is that about
0: can i spell it for you um, <laughs> <I'm just> it's <laughs> it's fantastic i mean Obviously, if you don't like Star Wars, you may not like it, but whatever. If you do, then you're going to love it. Or if you even just like movies, because it's just a really well-put-together movie. But Monday. We're going Monday. Nice. Um, my actual recommendation, though, is based on that, but it's a tested video. We've all talked about tested before, and they have some great stuff. <clears throat> but there's a scene in the movie that doesn't spoil anything, but it's um, a stop-motion scene so in, in the original Star Wars, there was a little stop-motion scene of these monsters playing chess, like a chessboard with monsters on it. Oh, yeah, I remember and, that. And that was done by Phil Tippett way back then. Well, they recreated that, but they did it instead of doing it digitally, they did stop-motion to recreate a, a sequence like that. And so Tested has a video about the behind-the-scenes process for how they made this little thing. And it's all, you know, these really awesome... Uh, characters that were made with armatures on the inside so they can do stop motion. And so the video just goes through the process of making the uh, actual figures that are the characters that are used and then the filming process. I think there's actually two videos now that I think about it, but um, if you're interested in in any of that type of stuff, it's pretty cool to watch and tested has great quality videos anyway, but this one is particularly interesting because it, you know, it's about mold making and casting and then also just about the stop motion. So, good stuff cool
1: yeah
0: awesome
1: any big new year's plans for you guys i'm None yet i'm just chilling up at the house by then i have some friends here but they'll be gone so just gonna be taylor and i here new year's eve just relax That's it. cool
0: yeah nothing here either. you no nothing i got kids <laughs>
1: we'll we'll skype
0: we'll get up we'll, we'll all skype
1: yeah, yeah we we will we'll be able no one's gonna be partying so it's gonna be fine
0: <laughs> hey guys look it's midnight all right i'm going to bed see you, Later. Yeah, see you. <laughs> yeah.
1: what time is it there
0: cool well uh before we go i want to say thanks to luis gonzalez nicholas gomez chris kopp and i lost the
1: list again jeremy white why don't i remember thank you you guys for for 2015 and all the support thank you
0: yeah everybody from patreon just for supporting us this year um This is actually our second year of doing the podcast. I mean, not our full year, but, you know, we're in our second year, which is crazy. And so we're about to start our third, which is amazing. Um, And that's possible because of the Patreon supporters. So thank you. Very grateful to you guys. And we wish everybody a happy new year and a safe new year. We'll see you next year.
1: Yes. Thank you all.
0: Here's
2: to a great 2016. Absolutely.
1: (laughs) Clink. That's a glass metaphor. Oh, nice. There you go. I'm going to click my Dunkin' Donuts cup against the mic. Can you hear that? (laughs) All right. Here's my keys. That's all I got.
0: (laughs) Happy New Year, guys. Bye. I love
1: you guys. I love you. I I wanted to beat Jimmy. (laughs) Uh. One, two, three, stop.